Well, it's great to be back speaking to you all again this week, uh, and I really hope that you're all okay. I love this quote that popped up on my Facebook feed uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what I love most about it is that it's true. My wheelie bin has been out more times than me. And actually, whilst we're on the subject, I'm ashamed to say that I've broken the lockdown rules. My wheelie bin and I have had to go out together because I keep forgetting to put my wheelie bin out on the right day. So we've done the run of shame around the estate where we live, trying to catch up with the bin lorry. And I'm still trying to forgive my bin man. After I caught up with him the other day, I was all out of breath. And he said to me, where have you been? And as I started to point out of breath where I'd come from, and I tried to explain that I'd forgotten to put the bin out again, and I'd done it again. And he said, no, 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 where have you really been? Now, at this point, I was in no mood for jokes, I can tell you that. But I decided to let it slide as I I wanted my bin emptied, and it was a a rubbish joke. Anyway, the fact still remains that my my bin has been out more times than me. But is that all about to change? In fact, it's already started to change, hasn't it, with Boris's announcement last Thursday. And tomorrow marks the day when the government announces more steps, we hope, for our country on what we can and cannot do. But no matter what's decided tomorrow, I'm sure we all realise that at this moment in time, COVID isn't going to go away anytime soon. And I don't know whether you've heard this new phrase or not that's emerged out of this COVID-19 crisis, but it's the phrase that everybody seems to be talking about at the moment, and that phrase is the new normal. And it's the phrase that's left us with lots of unanswered questions, and it's left everyone speculating. Because before COVID-19, we just had the word normal. The dictionary definition of the word normal says this, conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. So if we think about the new normal going forward, it's probably not going to be expected. Things are going to be unexpected. And it's not going to be usual. Things are going to be unusual. So to sum it up, the new normal is every one of us getting used to something new. And there have been lots of changes that fit into our normal phrase, new normal phrase in the past few months. Social distancing, two-meter cues, masks, till screens, schooling, travel restrictions, hairdressers. Thankfully, that's the one that's not changed for me. I'm more of a DIY hairdresser when it comes to those kind of things. You know, the CEO of Google, Sundar Pichai, said this, the world will never look the same again. And I happened to be reading a news article the other day, uh, and it said this, that two years' worth of digital transformation has happened in the past 
two months. That is just crazy. You know, when I think about it, I have to agree in one sense because I must admit, I must admit that I've never heard of Zoom at the start of the year and I could go on. Now, it is fair to say that some things will go back to normal. We'll eventually be able to spend time with family and friends again, hopefully without any restrictions. Sport and its fans will be reunited. Steve Burnhope can dust off his beloved Harlequins rugby blazer once more. And the price of toilet rolls will go back to normal. But the fact still remains that the world, by and large, will have changed. And we've sadly seen, haven't we, how certain change has left people devastated in many ways. But at the other end of the scale, it's been fantastic for things like our environment and our nature and spending more time in the fresh air. And thank you, God, especially because we've been blessed with amazing weather. But one of our biggest problems is that we still don't really know what to expect. And some of us, most of us maybe don't do well, do we, with the fear of the unknown. And so whilst we grapple individually and together as a church family with our ideas about this new normal, I wanted to share three things with you from our Bible passage today as we approach this new season. But just before we do that, how does the Bible, how does God's word help us in this situation? Because I can guarantee you that it does not mention COVID-19. But what it does show us is how God has led his people through their own times of crisis and has helped them step into unknown territory. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 to 14. Let me read it. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said, Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need be still. So here we have the Israelites. They were at a crisis point. Look at what it says here, partway through verse 11. What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? You see, they were scared. They wanted to go back to normal. They were confronted with a new beginning. It was unfamiliar territory. It was the promised land, but they didn't know what it was going to be like. And they wanted to go back to what they knew, even if it meant 
going back to a life of slavery. You know, they had been slaves for 430 years. And it's all they had ever known. That was their normal. And even though God was about to set them free, they just couldn't see it. They wanted to go back to what they knew before. God was going to take them to the promised land which he first promised Abraham way back in chapter 12 of the book of Genesis, which is the first book in the Bible. Yet if we look at verse 12 in our passage from Exodus, we then carry on reading that they said to Moses, we said to you back in Egypt, leave us alone. Better to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. So what can we learn from the Israelites and their crisis while we're in the midst of our crisis? There's three things. Let's look at them. Firstly then, faith looks forward. I'll say that again. Faith looks forward. And the Israelites were definitely not looking forward with faith. To me, they were looking backwards in two ways. Firstly, they were looking back at the army chasing them down. And possibly that's how we may feel about COVID-19. It's felt like we haven't been able to escape this invisible enemy yet. Some of us have been trapped inside, wondering when on earth it is that we can be released. And secondly, they were looking back with a longing for their old life, which had been, of course, as we found out, full of slavery. They didn't trust God in what lay ahead for them. After all, he'd promised them a new beginning or a new normal. He was leading them, wasn't he, into the promised land, but they couldn't see it, even though they had no choice but to go forward. So what does this mean for us? What can we learn from this? Well, we can learn that our faith, too, in this time of crisis, has to look forward. We need to see that there are God-given opportunities that lie ahead. And we must try not to hold on to what we're leaving behind. We need to look at things from God's perspective. He has already prepared the way. He's not a God that decides things at the last minute. He's not a God who changes his mind left, right or centre. He's our anchor. He is our calm in the storm. We read, don't we, in Luke, in Luke chapter 8, that Jesus was the one in the boat with the disciples when they were being tossed about in the waves. And the disciples panicked. And they thought they were going to drown because the storm was so violent. So they woke Jesus up, didn't they, in this flat panic. And he got up and he rebuked and he calmed the storm. And you know what? He's going to do that for us. Because he's our Alpha and he's our Omega. He knows the beginning from the end. 
So we have to trust him that he's gonna guide us through as he did with the Israelites. Trusting that he will show us what we need to do for him and when we need to do it. And if you think about it, you know, he's already started to show us what to do as a church in this time of crisis. God's already started showing us what to do the minute that COVID hit the UK. And you know what? He was also preparing us long before this ever came about because he knew that it was going to happen. In fact, he's showing us some of the things that he wants us to do and that we are doing as a church in this time of crisis through the earthly life and ministry of his son, Jesus. He fed the hungry and so are we. He looked after the poor and the broken and so are we. In fact, Storehouse has done that for years and years and years Jesus came to be the light in the darkness. And as his people, we are mirroring that for God. Jesus came to share the good news of the gospel. And so are we. And he fed the 5,000. And earlier we saw that so far since lockdown, our kitchen staff and our storehouse team have done and continued to do the same. Despite the circumstances, despite what the news says, and despite all of the what-if questions that are flying around at the moment, our God has and will continue to make a way for us. Just like he's doing now and just like he did for the Israelites. So what else can we learn from our Bible passage that we read earlier on from Exodus? Secondly, we need to trust because God can and will do the impossible. First and foremost, we must trust that he will guide us as he did the Israelites. I love the way the New Living Translation phrases verse 15 of our Exodus story. It puts it like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Because of course, there they were, stood with the Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them and they were looking back as, we, as we've discovered and they just couldn't see a way forward. And God said, tell my people to get moving. Wow, God is being direct and I think justifiably so. And I think that I also understand why. He's about to do this massive miracle. But the Israelites are moaning because they are scared to move forward. God already had his plan for them like he does for us. And whilst it's good to cry out as Moses did 
And the way that we would talk about that is, you know, Moses cried out and we would also see that as praying as well, wouldn't we? Crying out in prayer. Maybe it's time as a church and individually, we begin, as we begin to come out of lockdown, that we get God's perspective and look out for some new God-given opportunities. You know, we, we may now have new relationships in our communities that we've built up. We may be working from home more. We may be doing business a little bit differently to the way that we've done it in the past. But however life has changed for us, let's think of inventive ways God wants us to work for him, for his glory, and for his kingdom. So we've got to trust And this is exactly what he did for the Israelites as they stepped out, he parted the Red Sea for them to cross safely. You know, there will be battles. And let's face it, we've all seen our fair share of battles, especially as we said earlier on, as we we battle with this invisible disease that we still don't quite know and haven't got a handle on how to cure people from. And there also will be hurdles. But ultimately, God is on our side. He is fighting for us. It says in Romans 8 verse 31, if our God is for us, then who can be against us? And if you haven't read the end of the Bible, then spoiler alert, he's already won the battle. Now more than ever, as we go and we step into the new normal and as we go into unfamiliar territory, we need to trust and believe in what God has done in the past for the Israelites and how he will do it again for us. And my third point is this. Don't be afraid. Now, that can be easier said than done, can't it? But we see what it says in verse 13 of the new translation of our Exodus reading. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. We need to do that in such a time as this. Because Psalm 35, 37 verse 5 also says this. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. And you know, it's absolutely right that we should commit everything to God. Because there's something special about this time. God understands that we're moving into a complete and unknown new challenge that there are going to be different hurdles along the way that life isn't going to be totally plain sailing and therefore the level of trust that we need is potentially greater now more than ever God's love and guidance never fails and he proves it by telling us do not be afraid And he tells us that 365 times in the Bible, as Steve pointed out to us a few weeks ago in one of his talks. His love never gives up. We are his children, and he loves us more than we could ever dare imagine. 
God's also promised that he'll be with us in everything. Listen to what he says to Joshua 40 years later. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it says this. I command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice how God is commanding Joshua. Those first three words that God said to him in that Bible verse, I command you. And that goes for us too, doesn't it? So as we step out into the unknown and the new normal, just like the Israelites, we don't have a choice like the Israelites. We can't go back. We need to look at this new time with, from God's perspective. And like the Israelites, I wonder if some of us are feeling a bit like we're in a no-win situation. But let me say this, because God is on the throne, we have picked the winning side. God loved the challenge then because he's the same yesterday, today and forever as the Bible points out to us. And he loves a challenge now. And when we don't feel like moving forward, when we're tempted to fall into the trap of wanting to go back like the Israelites did, we need to remember what God did for them. He made a way where there seemed to be no other way. So as we finish today, let's remind ourselves of the promise of God and his never failing love. In Romans 8, verses 37 to 39, it says this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it's true. In the meantime, there will be giants on the other side, just like there were for the Israelites when God parted the sea and they did get into the promised land eventually. So to finish... I wanted to share this quote with you from John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement. And he said this as he held his Bible aloft in a meeting. Somewhere, someplace, somebody's got to start believing this book. And I have no doubt that as we begin to walk into the new normal, there may be times when doubt and fear creep in. But we've got to start believing in God's word. And we are the people that are going to start doing that as we step into that new normal. And if fear and doubt does creep in, and if that happens, then I encourage you to remember what God said to Jehoshaphat when he faced a seemingly impossible task. And I'll finish with this today. It's from 2 Chronicles, verse 17. 
And I'll read it to you. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Amen.